Friday afternoon. It's 3 o'clock. I'm Alicia Bales. I'm live in the studio, and I'm bringing you today uh, the county's coronavirus briefing. It happened uh, live on Facebook and YouTube at 2 o'clock. I recorded it, and I'm bringing it to you now at 3 o'clock. It is an update on the county's coronavirus progress and vaccination efforts uh, and more. We just moved into the red tier this week, so we're going to get a little update on that as well from our county public health officer, Dr. Andy Corin. Every two weeks, Dr. Corin does a media briefing where he brings the latest uh, numbers and news from the coronavirus efforts countywide. Uh, and so we've been playing that throughout the pandemic. A little bit different today in that I'm not live streaming it. I'm, I'm giving you the recording of, of what just happened from two to three o'clock, but I will bring you the whole thing. And uh, without further ado, here is the county's coronavirus briefing for Friday, March 19th. Okay, hello there. My name is Ashley Toski. Welcome to Mendocino County's COVID-19 update. Today, as normal, we are joined by our Mendocino County Health Officer, Dr. Andy Corin, who will give an update on the COVID-19 status of our county. After that, we will then open it up to take a few questions from the media. Um, out of consideration for preserving staff um, staff time, we are asking that each media outlet limits it to two questions each. Um, if time allows, we will also take questions from the public. If you are a member of the public and you have a question you would like to see addressed, if we have time, please leave that question in a comment below on this video on either YouTube or Facebook. Now, beginning with the health update, Dr. Corin, you have our attention. Thank you very much and welcome everybody. I wanna start first with uh, two important announcements. Uh, the first one is uh, a cautionary one. Uh, there have been a number of overdoses connected with fentanyl and methamphetamine uh, in our county, and they are on the rise. And there actually has been one death reported in this past week. So please encourage everyone you can to exercise caution, stay safe. The next announcement is a very proud and happy one. I want to proudly announce that our Deputy Health Officer, Dr. Mimi Duin, has been appointed as co-chair of the State Health Equity Committee for the California Conference of Health Officers, CCLHO. So that's very good. She's been working on our behalf uh, all this time, uh, a little bit of the time behind the scenes, but she's been a very strong advocate for uh, health equity. So next, moving on to the uh, presentation, I'll start with data. Um, <clears throat> as of March 17th in the United States, the coronavirus cases have numbered 29 uh, million 585,015 cases with 537,583 deaths. These numbers are increasing, but increasing more slowly than they had, of course, in the last month. In California, our total cases uh, have numbered 3,532,496, and the deaths at this point are 55,577. In Mendocino County, our average daily new cases uh, as of today is 5.01. And uh, that is uh, just a little bit elevated from the last time we talked. Positivity rate is 2.3% at this point. 
Uh, our cases are slowly decreasing. Uh, they now number 3,888, and our R effective value is 0.76. Again, that's a measure of how much this virus is spreading. When it's less than one, then uh, each person who has the, uh, the uh, infection is passing it on to less than one person. So the overall numbers should be shrinking, which we also see. Uh, the total cases, oh, I just uh, mentioned the total cases, I think, yes. Uh, uh, so the total cases are three, 33,888. Among them, Latinos number 1,954, which is 50.3%. And that percent is decreasing, but slowly decreasing. Currently in isolation, we have 39 people and in quarantine, 63. Uh, the deaths now are up to 46. Uh, there was a 89-year-old elderly Caucasian male from Fort Bragg who recently passed away. And in the past week, a 57-year-old uh, woman who had multiple comorbidities uh, from which she probably passed away from in Memorial Hospital, but also had COVID as a comorbidity. In the hospital at this point, we have uh, one person in uh, med surge in uh, Ukiah, no one in the ICU, and we do have one Mendocino County resident hospitalized out of county. Uh, we have no new outbreaks. The Ukiah post-acute outbreak is resolving. That involved 11 residents and three staff. Uh, these, uh, this infection was brought in by unvaccinated staff and we are finding that healthcare workers uh, have been delaying their vaccinations, which is a very dangerous thing, but there's hesitancy among all groups, and we really want to encourage everyone to be vaccinated. Uh, testing now is available at the fairgrounds from Saturday to Thursday, 9 to 5 p.m., and Fort Bragg Veterans Hall on Tuesdays from 9 to 5. The travel team uh, today should be in Laytonville Metal Gym, uh, at 200 Branscombe Road, and Consolidated Tribal Health Project is also having a, an event at 190 Sherwood Hill Road in Willits. Uh, on March 26th in Covalo, uh, they will be at uh, 23925 Howard Street in the Round Valley Library. We've been able to negotiate a more efficient mobile team uh, for Fridays 9 to 5, uh, that probably won't start for another couple of weeks, but it will be rotating through two sites per day, making the whole circuit through the county in less than a month. Uh, and the plan for now is uh, that on, and it'll only be on Fridays, it'll be uh, Point Arena and then Anderson Valley Health Clinic and then Laytonville and then Willits and another Friday, Wallala and Anderson Valley. And the final Friday will be Round Valley and Willits. Um, so Consolidated Tribal Health Project continues and uh, plans to increase their testing events. Uh, though the race, recent state data shows Mendocino County utilizing our capacity better than others, we still need to do more on this testing. Uh, this is our way of picking up asymptomatic uh, cases and protecting our families and our communities. We are working on arranging a program of regular whole genome sequencing for any uh, current variants that may be entering our community. 
Um, but and we are sending it to the Solano Lab, which is our county lab, and uh, that uh, um, is going on actually at this point. Uh, though the turnaround time for the Solano County Lab uh, takes about a week, it takes significantly more uh, when it's done out of county. CA Notify, which is a smartphone app to notify uh, people of close contact with others, are, is uh, available online. And of course, we continue to do our contact investigation and contact tracing here in the county. The schools are now testing staff regularly. Uh, our county uh, contact investigation and tracing team is shifting gears with less cases, but just as important as earlier. Uh, if fully vaccinated, two weeks past the final dose, close contacts now do not need to quarantine. Uh, there should be extra caution for people with higher risk, especially those who live with others who are at higher risk, since our vaccine experience is a bit too early to be sure of the duration of immunity and transmission. If a person contacts COVID two, excuse me, uh, contacts COVID two or more weeks after completing the vaccination, uh, isolation um, would be continuing, uh, but we will probably send those specimens for whole genome sequencing to be confirmed. Our K-12 schools are opening now, and Ukiah Unified School District has sent me plans for their uh, spring season of sports. And, uh, and so we're hoping the Wildcats do well, but we also want to review the plans from the other schools and root for them at the same time. We are now, probably everyone knows, uh, in the red tier, uh, and that happened earlier this week. I want to let you know uh, these are the changes. Indoor gatherings of up to three households are discouraged, but they're allowed. But be safe, keep them small, and avoid if, you're ha if there's anyone high risk in the household. Or if you come from a household where there are other high-risk members, you should be very cautious. Continue to wear masks, social distance, and uh, continue the hand hygiene and ventilation. The CDC has, uh, has released and CDPH guidance is coming of when people are entirely vaccinated. We can't go by what the CDC says at this point. Uh, they do not have the authority in California that CDPH has, and so we're waiting for the CDPH to interpret things appropriately for our state and county. Additionally, places of worship are open indoors up to 25%. Businesses, groceries are 100% open. Uh, retail, including shopping centers, are, are open to a 50% capacity. Restaurants now can serve indoors 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is fewer. And then if serving food, breweries, wineries, and distilleries, and bars, if they're serving food, uh, can be open in, uh, can be open. Uh, they must have seated reservations. Those uh, reservations should only last. People should be seated for 90 minutes or less, and alcohol should stop being served at 8 p.m. If no food is being served, then the bars are closed. Uh, breweries, wineries, and distilleries would be outdoors only with same restrictions. Museums and movies are open to 25% capacity. 
Uh, now, gyms and fitness centers are open to 10%, and that would include uh, those fitness centers in lodging. But a uh, reminder that no indoor pools are allowed to be open at this time. Live events uh, recommendations uh, have been released, and outdoors with assigned seating uh, with preventing mixing is allowed for sports and performances and the schools will be using this at least uh, at this point as a guide to their commencement activities. Uh, visitation in acute care general hospitals and in skilled nursing facilities is now opening up, but please call first uh, for what that facility allows. There are restrictions if there have been recent outbreaks. Uh, at this point, the county though uh, fulfills the threshold to allow indoor visitation. Uh, and there will be more guidance coming in April on April 1st for other industries. We're looking forward to all of that. Uh, now moving on to vaccinations. The software is much improved, but this is a dominant feature of this pandemic. So let me go through some of those. The county is piloting the scheduling program, My Turn, um, and we're using that for county events. In order to use that, uh, go online to myturn.ca.gov or call 833-422-4255. This will be available online and by phone and in Spanish as well as English. It is still young software. We're piloting it and working with developers to improve it. Uh, so there are other uh, phone numbers available in the county, and I'll get to that in a minute. Last week, we noted some difficulty for Spanish speakers. Uh, they were calling in, and there was also problems with certain categories of eligibility that were not reflected. But again, we're working with the developers, and I expect that that is going to be um, much better over the next couple of weeks. If there's a problem getting through to my turn, please call the county scheduling number at 707-472-2633 to get an appointment through the county. Uh, other scheduling opportunities include using online, uh, online waiting list, Vaccinate Mendocino, and also Schedule Genius. Uh, these are still preferred for the hospital and the clinic run events. NCO has also been scheduling, has also a scheduling service using the phone number 707-467 3239 or text uh, 707-209-7161 and put NCOVAX in the body of the message. The vaccine supply is expected to be stable for the next two weeks. We're prioritizing second dose clinics at this time and hope to have some first-dose clinics available. There are some uh, this coming week, but they're not as uh, big as we'd like to have them. We did receive some Johnson & Johnson or Janssen vaccine last week and are targeting them towards uh, those people because of the logistical advantages of Johnson & Johnson. It is one shot. It is easier storage and handling and transportation. We're um, directing those to homeless, incarcerated, and hard to reach uh, people or to revaccinate some people um, in the, for example, nursing homes where they don't have other access. So it's not restricted, but we're trying to use it intelligently to uh, because of its logistical advantages. 
Remember that the best vaccine is the one that you can get now or the soonest. Vaccine data, not including what the federal government uh, gives to VA or retail pharmacies, uh, as of today, March 19th, we have given over 42,746 doses in Mendocino County. That uh, means that over 40% of Mendocino County adults have had one dose and almost 19.6% have had a complete series. This compares to California where 25% had had one dose. 55% of those in the lowest resource zip codes in Mendocino County have been vaccinated. Uh, and we're, we're very happy that uh, that is uh, how uh, we have dealt with our equity uh, measures. We'll continue to uh, uh, focus on those communities as well. 42.5% of those people over 65 years old have been vaccinated versus, again, in California, it is 22% have been vaccinated. In our county, 54.3% um, who are vaccinated are women. Um, this week, we're beginning uh, to open vaccine eligibility to construction workers in Mendocino County because the fires we have suffered have made construction an essential uh, activity for our recovery. We continue to reach out to all the previously eligible groups, but there's been some difficulty uh, fulfilling schedules for vaccine events. And so if you want a vaccine, call for an appointment to be sure uh, you're on there, those lists, and uh, we want to, uh, to get you in to give a vaccine. Um, we have heard that some people have been turned away due to issues with documentation, and we want to emphasize uh, we don't want to refuse anyone we have a place for. Also, verification of eligibility is now self-attestation, especially for those with medical conditions. But if you have trouble uh, with proving where you work, come anyway. Uh, the vaccine clinics we have scheduled for next week uh, for the county uh, will be a second dose Pfizer on Monday and a second dose Moderna on Thursday. Uh, the other uh, clinics have um, uh, their events as follows. RCMS is trying to do a regular uh, vaccine clinic on Saturdays, Laytonville on Fridays, um, MCHC, Mendocino Community Health Clinic, and uh, Adventist Health Ukiah Valley, uh, work together regularly on Wednesdays at Alex Rorabal Plaza and Mendocino Coast Clinic uh, will be having a vaccine uh, event on Friday and another one next week. Uh, on April 1st, uh, there is a an event at uh, Little River CV Star Center and on the uh, on the 2nd of April in Casper, there'll be a second dose Moderna clinic. County is also successfully piloting traveling vaccine teams, working with NCO and other community partners to support homebound and ag workers, as well as catching up uh, with some nursing homes uh, where vaccines may be needed for people who miss their, uh, uh, the uh, national vaccine program through the pharmacies. Uh, masks, again, it's recommended to double your cloth masks for better protection uh, or to put a 
cloth mask over a medical grade mask, but not for the N95 masks. So in summary, vaccines are here, but our cases and our hospitalizations have decreased. So we're now in the red. This is means more activities will be opening, but we need also to avoid getting overconfident. So please continue wearing masks in public. Um, both the cloth, cloth masks, again, should be multi-layered or doubled. Uh, keep your social distancing, hand hygiene, and keep as many activities as possible outside to increase ventilation. And remember to test often. This is how we protect our communities and our loved ones and prevent outbreaks. Um, Variants are increasing in the state. Uh, we're seeing them all now in California, uh, not in high numbers. Um, and they do present, uh, present a threat. Remember, Europe is going through another surge and having to restrict more activities. We do not want that to happen for us. So please remember the non-pharmacologic interventions. And finally, get vaccinated as soon as you can. These vaccinations are safe and effective, even against the variants. That's our greatest hope for beating this terrible pandemic. And I'll end my presentation now and be open for questions. Thank you, Dr. Corin, for that update. First, um, when we're about to open it up to the media for two questions each. And first up, we have Adrian Bowman. Adrian, whenever you are ready. Hi, everyone. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I was wondering, there's been some uh, talk that uh, vaccine supply might be going down. Um, and, uh, and so I'm wondering if you could speak to beyond the next two weeks, uh, what is the outlook look like for uh, vaccine supply generally? And will will is there any sign that it's going to stabilize and become pre um, predictable? Very important question. My understanding is actually the uh, the companies that are producing it, uh, all three of them, are you know have been sort of stable this week, last week, and possibly next week. But that after that, we should be seeing a significant increase in the amount of vaccines that are available, and that is both federally and statewide. And the state uh, health department is saying the same thing. So I have not heard that it'll be decreased. Thank you. Um, and then, uh, uh, yesterday, I think yesterday was the anniversary of the lockdown beginning. Yes. Um, and, um, sometime around then we, we also had our first con confirmed case. I think yes, yesterday was the anniversary of our first confirmed case. Um, I'm just wondering sort of big, bigger picture. I usually ask you very narrow questions. Um, you know, what, uh, what have you learned over the process? What has surprised you? Where, where did you think we were going to be a year hence? And where did we actually end up? Were there places where you think we, you know, we, we did much better than you expected? Were there bullets that we dodged? Just if you could give us some kind of um, year in review for one year of pandemic now. I think one of the things that I've learned to take home is that we are vulnerable. We are no longer invincible to infection, to pandemics. And we're also vulnerable to climate change and fires and misinformation. That was a big surprise for me this year, the, the amount of effect that misinformation and disinformation has affected our vaccine effort and many other efforts. 
So the other thing I would say, another thing I would say is the value of science. We need to stick with science. Um, it may not be perfect, but it's better than guesswork. And the value of national and state leadership was very surprising to me. But without it, we saw, you know, the horrible effects of this pandemic getting away from us. Uh, we need that leadership to mobilize the great potential of our people. And then the other thing I would say locally is that I've learned the value of partnership. Local government, the hospitals, the clinics, emergency medical services, the schools, community organizations, our churches, schools, tribes, the Hispanic community groups. These are all necessary to fight this kind of a pandemic. And we're not over. Uh, we have to stick together at this point and in the future to grow our community. So those are some lessons that I've learned. Uh, and uh, I do think it's a great it's a great opening to a larger conversation. Thank you, Adrian, for those questions. Next up, we're going to go over to Danila Sands. Danila, um, whenever you're ready. Hello, thank you for having this meeting. My question is in regards to schools, now that schools have started to open in different phases, there are a lot of parents that are still sitting on the fence of um, having their kids go back to school. What kind of data can you provide that shows going back to school is safe um, or maybe data in the past of any outbreaks, if any? That's another good question. So um, there have been some outbreaks in other states. There have no, not been any large outbreaks or any outbreaks that I've heard of in uh, California schools. Certainly no outbreaks in our schools. Um, the people who are affected mostly are the staff, and that's uh, who who uh, are the most vulnerable, and they transmit the infections uh, the most. So in our county, we prioritize giving vaccines out to the school staff very early, and, uh, and along with that immunity uh, that's given by the vaccinations, the schools have also done a yeoman's job in preparing uh, their schedules, um, their physical plants, the instructions and, and education they're giving to their staff and to the students to prevent infection. So I think that it's going to wind up being a very safe thing. Uh, they're bringing only uh, some people back uh, for hybrid education. And some people are, you know, are still staying home and hanging back. But I think with the experience slowly starting, we'll be convinced that it's safe and more and more people will be joining and we'll have a very good school year. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, my other question is, in regards to testing at OptumServe, um, I think I believe you said that it had decreased some. I remember in the beginning we had to reach, a, and correct me if I'm wrong, like something around 130 a day in order to keep the site. Is that right? Yeah, okay, Becky's shaking her head there. Um, so where are we today in regards to that? Uh uh, we're definitely less than that at this point. Um, no, I actually think we're we're averaging a little more. I'm going to ask Becky to, to speak to, you have the numbers probably, so why don't you answer that very specifically? So if you want to move to another question, and I'll come back with that answer, if you give me just a moment, Danella, thank you. Okay. 
Okay, so we will circle back to Danila's question. Um, up next, we have Susan Wolbarst. Susan, whenever you're ready. Hi, I wanted to ask a question about testing people who've been vaccinated already. Um, yesterday, I heard Dr. Brewer from UCLA at Mike McGuire's town hall saying not to get tested if you've been vaccinated. Um, so that's a good question. Um, I don't want to contradict, but uh, we still advise getting testing on a regular basis. Uh, the vaccines are still young enough that we don't know how long they last. Uh, there are variants that are going around that may prove to be more resistant. And we do know that vaccines are not 100% effective. And so those 4 or 5% uh, may be a larger number when we really get it out to the millions and millions of people in the country. We want to keep them all controlled. The um, vaccination does not affect the sensitivity of the, um, of the tests. And so the tests remain a good way for us to detect asymptomatic infection and take the proper precautions. Okay. Um, so it sounds like there's room for disagreement on that topic. Always. Um, <laughs> the other question I had has to do with summer school. Has anyone heard anything about Mendocino County Schools offering summer school to help children catch up for some of the number of... Uh, year of school that they missed? I have not. Um, I would imagine that they would be able to do it under the same um, guidelines and uh, precautions that they're using for, for uh, the regular school during the year. Um, and so that's an open question. I don't have the answer to that. Thank you so much, Susan. Um, now we're going to circle back to Danila's question. Um, Becky, if you want to take it from here. Certainly. Uh, so we do have target numbers that we are uh, working diligently to hit. Um, we are currently trying to make sure that we're hitting 130 at least, preferably 165. Um, last week, our average at our OptumServe sites was about 87 people getting tested per day. Um, that is the average across uh, the events. Um, so certainly we want to encourage people to participate in all of our testing events. Uh, it's a very, very important resource that we need to make sure that we maintain. Okay, understood. Thank you so much, Becky, for that. Now we're going to move on to Alicia Bales. Alicia, whenever you're ready, you can unmute. All right. Hi, can you hear me? 
All right. Thank you so much for this event. And I wanted to let viewers know that we will be rebroadcasting the audio of this on KZYX at 3 o'clock today. So if you missed any, 91.5 in Willits and Ukiah or 90.7 in Philo. Um, so, Dr. Corin, it's nice to see you and talk with you. Um, I wonder, we heard that uh, you have administered, or at least uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been administered to inmates at the county jail, uh, and that less than half of the inmates elected to take that vaccine. And uh, this makes us wonder if we're going to get to a point in the county uh, where the people who really want the vaccine are going to have it, and then we're going to have a substantial population of people who are vaccine hesitant. I'd, I'd like to know how you're planning to uh, communicate with folks in our community, what your strategy is to encourage or at least inform those of uh, those of the community who are vaccine hesitant to go ahead and, and take the vaccine. Yeah, well, vaccine hesitancy is a problem for all vaccines, but certainly with a new vaccine, there's been a lot more reason for people to be hesitant. I think now that there are more and more people in the community that are are getting the vaccine and have had it, um, we want to encourage all of them to speak to their friends and relatives and encourage them to get vaccinated. And as more people hear it from the people they trust, I think more people will sign on and get it. We have seen a significant uh, hesitancy among healthcare workers. And as a consequence, we have seen some uh, some problems in healthcare institutions and outbreaks as a result of that. Um, and we hope that there will be more uh, uh, more people signing on and getting vaccines in that group. There are some uh, rumors being spread and uh, some fears that uh, take shape um, in terms of things, uh, for example, for women uh, being concerned of infertility uh, or men. Uh, or problems with uh, fetal development, uh, that has been so far not been an issue. And the uh, obstetricians and pediatricians, by and large, are recommending it for pregnant women and, and nursing women uh, because the research does not show a problem. And in fact, new research has been uh, generated that, uh, that does show that it's safe. So the more we educate, the more we make the vaccines available, and the more people are out there saying, I got my vaccine, and it wasn't so terrible, and encouraging their neighbors to get it, uh, these, these Facebook shots of people getting their jabs are great. You know, it goes to all their friends. So we're going to have to do that. Uh, on a more detailed level, we do have a, um, a strike team. We're calling them a strike team that goes out to smaller uh, group homes. Um, we're backtracking among uh, the healthcare institutions where there are people who've held out. We think they'll want it now. There are people who are restricted in home, and our strike teams will be going out. Uh, you mentioned the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, or Janssen, as uh, they're calling it, um, and that's an excellent use for people who are going to be hard to catch up with. Uh, we're reaching out to our um, lodging people on the coast and agricultural and restaurant owners uh, further inland uh, to try and get those groups of people into the clinics. Uh, and our advertising should be going out. And our, um, you know, we've had uh, a lot of um, requirements for verification. We're dropping an awful lot of that. When we got to the 16 to 64 year old uh, group that could get vaccines if they had chronic diseases of different kinds, 
and uh, or disabilities. And we initially said, well, bring verification from your doctor. Uh, we found out here in Ukiah and, and in Mendocino County, and they found out in other places in the state that that was just an untenable situation. And so the state has also gone with self-attestation. And we're really trying to break down all the barriers uh, that anyone has for getting a vaccine. Uh, and, and so those are, those are some of the ways that we're addressing it. And any other ways that you may have, I'm open to hearing them. Great. I will definitely be in touch with you about that. Um, with 42,746 doses administered in the county, I'm sure that y'all are tired. You're doing amazing work. Thank you so much for that. And I wonder, looking forward, I know our listeners and um, and commenters and everybody want to know what's next in terms of the tiers. Like now that we've had our taste of the red tier, can we look forward to the next tier? What is it and how do we get there? So the next tier is the orange tier. And uh, depending upon how quickly California can distribute vaccines to the lowest resource zip codes in our state, if we stay, um, if, before we get to an additional 2 million of those doses, we won't get into the red tier until our county, uh, our county case rate falls below 3.9 uh, per day. That's a seven-day average uh, with a seven-day lag. But once the state of California hits that two additional million uh, that goes to the first tier of the Healthy Places Index, the lowest resource populations in our state, then that number that we have to achieve can be as low as 5.5, which we're at right now. And so we could be in that orange tier soon. It, we, we, I don't know how long it will take for us to get those extra two million distributed. I heard some very favorable uh, reports uh, today, I think it was, uh, that surprised me. But I think we're going to have to wait and see. It could be weeks. It could be a couple of months before we get there. But I think our county, if we watch our P's and Q's, uh, I think we'll get there based on our numbers and uh, we may be beat the state. So what that means, you asked two questions, and I'll answer that second one now. Um, the... Um, uh, let's see, we'll, we'll get to some of these. Uh, retail is already open. Uh, shopping centers, uh, common areas will still be closed, but they'll be, uh, there's not a maximum capacity. Uh, places of worship will be open. Uh, they'll be at 50% capacity. Uh, movie theaters uh, will be up to 50% capacity. Uh, hotels and lodging. Uh, the fitness centers will be up to 25% capacity and they'll be able to appreciate indoor pools. And that will be the same for gyms and fitness centers that are freestanding. Restaurants uh, capacity will increase to 50% or 200 people. Uh, and wineries, distilleries, and breweries that serve food would be the same as uh, restaurants. Um they will be open indoors, though, with a 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is fewer. And the restrictions about 90-minute time limits and some of the other restrictions are taken away. Um, and bars will be able to open outdoors, uh, even if they are not serving food. Um, and there will be more, uh, more advice coming after April first so i don't want to jump the gun on that 
Um, and I don't think it's we need to go into that. But those are some of the main uh, main ways that we'll be liberating ourselves from this shutdown as long as we don't get into another surge. Thank you so much for those questions, Alicia. Um, next up, we have one pre-submitted question from Matt Lefevre with KMUD. That question reads, what is the county expecting, expecting to see when it comes to the CDC's recent guidance that three feet is now an acceptable distance in a school setting? Will California Department of Public Health reflect that change and will the county re reflect that change? So let me just respond by reminding anyone who's listening that CDC is a wonderful organization, has fantastic scientific information, but they don't have jurisdiction in California. And it's not just jurisdiction. We rely on probably one of the best, if not the best, Department of Health in the country that's run by a state. And the, having it go through the state, which does have uh, uh, jurisdiction, uh, it gives up, makes us more safe. And they can apply it to, to the needs of Californians better. So I expect that they will address that. And there are many other things that CDC has recently published. Um, but we need to wait for CDPH to do that. And then, California, and then Mendocino County will most likely follow suit. We can't be more or less restrictive than the state we could be more restrictive than the state but we wait for the state guidance okay thank you so much for that dr corin we do have a couple of questions from the public that we would um love to see if we can have answers for one question is when and i'm going to paraphrase this when is the age going to drop to get the shot so i'm assuming that that means um some vaccines are okay for age 16 and above, some are 18 and above. Um, do we have an approximation of when we might see that age lower? So again, for as you said, for people who are over 16 years old, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is available and felt to be safe for them. Uh, other manufacturers and the ones who are already producing uh, the Pfizer, Moderna, and Janssen are uh, including in their trials a uh, younger group of people. And that has to be done carefully, um, and it'll probably be done uh, by various different age groups. But so far, none of the vaccines have been approved uh, for use in people under 16. And, uh, and remember, it is an emergency use authorization, so it's an these are experimental drugs, and we want to just ease into them when we're very sure We've really collapsed the time from development to research to then administration uh, tremendously because of the worldwide effort to do this uh, testing. But we need to give it time to make sure that it's safe for our young people. Thank you, Dr. Corn, for that. Um, we have another public question. Why is Mendocino County ahead of the curve in vaccinations in comparison with the state? Well, I can't answer that 100%, but I think it's because we work with our partners so closely and we've taken feedback from them about uh, what, what areas we need to move more heavily on and where we should fall back. Uh, we did develop early on in the course of this an um, ethics com advisory committee um, because there are going to be differences from the feds to a different state, to, from the state to different communities. And the ethics committee allows us to parse some concerns within our county and say, 
oh, we should move a little bit quicker on this group. We want to keep in mind the equitable framework that the state has laid out. But for example, in our county, uh, we moved up, uh, uh, for example, water and uh, wastewater management uh, when we had a uh, outbreak in the courts and the and the uh, juvenile hall system, we increased uh, uh, that group of people to get vaccinated. Um, and uh, you know we've just been ahead of the curve in terms of moving through the tiers. And it's because we work with our partners so closely. They know their communities. They go through their their patient lists. They call people in. People know them, and so there's a lot of trust that's going on. And, uh, and I think it will continue like that. I think we're, we're ahead because we work together. And one last question from the public. Is it possible to move back a tier and what would need to happen for that to occur? Not something I like to think about, but yes. Um, so if we are not continuing within the red tier metrics uh, and they would give us uh, a, uh, one to two weeks, uh, then uh, we would we would be moved back. We would have to go back to closing certain enterprises that are open. Uh, but again, it's not something I want to think about, uh, but we do think about it, and we'll be ready for that if it should happen. Right now, we want to give out vaccines, protect everybody, making sure everybody is protecting themselves, and keep going forward to open our, our community. Thank you, Dr. Corin. And with that, that is all the time that we have. I would like to open it up to you um, one more time, Dr. Corin, if you have any closing words. Well, I will say it over and over again. Uh, stay well. Make sure you're using your masks, keeping social distances, uh, and as much as we can, have outside activities because the ventilation is better. Uh, make sure that... Um, uh, you are getting vaccinated as quickly as can. Uh, there is um, uh, there is some hesitancy or preference for one vaccine or another. That is just anecdotal. The fact is that these vaccines are safe and they're effective. And the best vaccine is the one that's right in front of you. Go get it. Thank you for that, Dr. Corin, again. So that sums up today's COVID-19 update. Our next update is scheduled in two weeks on April 2nd. In the meantime, please continue to follow Mendocino County Public Health on Facebook for all COVID-19 updates. Thank you. All right. So that was the county's coronavirus briefing for today. Uh, they bring that briefing to us every other Friday from 2 to 3 o'clock, uh, live streamed on Facebook and on YouTube. And this week I recorded it and uh, aired it at 3 o'clock today so that you could hear it. Uh, I am Alicia Bales in the studio. I just want to sort of review the, the high points of the briefing today very, very quickly. Uh, and first, a shout out to the local journalists who participated in today's briefing. Um, MendoVoice.com, Facebook page Mendo. Mendocino Action News, KMUD, and Mendocino Beacon. They're doing tireless reporting on this pandemic locally. They're not making a lot of money doing it. And I just want to say huge thanks to you all for keeping us informed. And all of these uh, media outlets deserve our support. So uh, there's been one additional death in the county this week, bringing our total uh, deaths in the county from coronavirus to 46. Uh, the person that we lost this week was an elderly white male from Fort Bragg. And last week, we also lost a 57-year-old woman with multiple comorbidities that included COVID-19. 
Uh, he said our overall case numbers are shrinking in Mendocino County. We currently have 39 active cases in isolation and 63 people in quarantine. We have one person in med surge in Ukiah, no one in the ICU, and one Mendocino County resident in the hospital out of county. So a significant change for us here uh, in the county in terms of our hospital numbers. Um, there are no new outbreaks this week. There was an outbreak at Ukiah post-acute involving 11 residents and three staff members, but that is resolving. There have been no new cases in that outbreak this week. Uh, one of the things that was discussed quite a bit was testing rates. Uh, testing rates in Mendocino County have gone way down and they've gone down to less than 90 tests per day on average. Uh, there's still testing opportunities uh, in the county, nine to five on Saturdays through Thursdays at the fairgrounds in Ukiah at OptumServe and in the remote OptumServe location in Fort Bragg, nine to five on Tuesdays at the Vets Hall. Uh, there's also rotating testing teams visiting communities throughout the county on Friday uh, and they've uh, upped their, the, their frequency. They're rotating through two sites per week now uh, and that's from Point Arena to Round Valley. Uh, testing rates need to go up to be more effective in finding asymptomatic carriers, including people who have been vaccinated. Uh, Mendocino County is currently in the state's red tier, which allows for limited reopening of several public spaces, including gyms, restaurants for inside dining, movie theaters and museums, uh, visitation in residential health care centers, and increased capacity for churches and retail. More guidance is expected from the California Department of Public Health on April 1st around the tiers. He reported today, Dr. Andy Corrin, that there have been 47,746 vaccine doses administered in Mendocino County as of today. 40% of adults in our county have had at least one shot and 19.6% of adults have had both. That's pretty great news. Uh, I wanted to revisit the phone numbers and websites that Dr. Corin uh, announced in terms of making vaccine appointments. If you've not been vaccinated and you'd like to sign up for a vaccine appointment, the county is using myturn.ca.gov for their county vaccination events. Again, that website is myturn.ca.gov. If you there, he said there have been some problems with it. Uh, it's not very good in Spanish, and it also uh, didn't reflect all of the eligible categories uh, over the last week. So they've been working on that. He said it was a, a, a they're beta testing it. Basically, they're working out the kinks. So if you don't have internet or you're having trouble at myturn.ca.gov, you can call uh, in Spanish and in English to eight three three. Four two two, four two five five. That's eight three three, four two two, four two five five. And that's to make a vaccine appointment for county vaccine events. The county also has a local scheduling line that's in the seven zero seven area code, and that's four seven two, two six three three. That's four seven two, two six three three. Additionally, there's another phone resource, uh, NCO, North Coast Opportunities, has a vaccine call line to help with scheduling, and that's at 707 area code 467-3239. That's NCO at 467 467- 
3239. And they've also set up a number for texts. You can text NCO at area code 707 209 7161. That's 209-7161 to text NCO for help with scheduling a vaccine. Include NCO Vax in the message. NCO Vax in the text. All right, so vaccine events in the upcoming week. They're prioritizing second doses of the vaccine this week in the county. There'll be some first dose events as well, but it's a priority on the second doses. Uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine doses will be targeted toward homeless, incarcerated, and hard-to-reach people. The county's holding two second-dose clinics next week. On Monday, there'll be a second-dose Pfizer event. And Thursday, there'll be a second-dose Moderna event, both at the fairgrounds in Ukiah. So if you're up for your second dose of Pfizer or Moderna, uh, if you were given the first dose three weeks ago or four weeks ago in the case of Moderna, there will be two uh, second dose events at the fairgrounds in Ukiah this week. Redwood or RCMS, Redwood Coast Medical Services, is holding regular Saturday vaccine events. Long Valley Health Center in Laytonville is holding Friday vaccine events. Adventist and MCHC are collaborating on a regular event at the Alex Rohrbaugh Center in Ukiah on Wednesdays. And Mendocino Coast Clinics is holding vaccine events on Fridays. This all according to Dr. Corin in the county's briefing that just happened. There will also be a vaccine event in Little River on April 1st and a second dose Moderna event in Casper on April 2nd. He said vaccine eligibility is opening up this week to construction workers. Proof of eligibility for health or other criteria will be by self-attestation, which means they'll take your word for it. They don't want to be turning anyone away from vaccination clinics because they can't get proof of their comorbidities or their other health conditions. They just want people to get vaccinated. Uh, And he also said that all variants are present here in California. And he advised continuing to double mask by wearing two cloth masks. Um, All of the more aggressive and infectious variants are present here in California. So masking and double masking is still crucial. All right, so that is a a summary of basically some of the high points in the county's uh, coronavirus briefing. If you want to hear it again, you can go and listen to our jukebox archive at kzyx.org. Click the um, the tab on the home page for archive. Also, you can watch the county's live stream of that event or the, you know, the recording of the live stream at YouTube at the county's YouTube page, uh, Mendocino County, or at their Facebook page. I think it's at the Mendocino County Public Health Facebook page if, if you have the internet and are able to stream video. So that's going to bring us all the way up to the end of the three o'clock hour. We're coming into democracy now at four o'clock. Please do remember we are in our spring quiet drive here at KZYX. We have reached $13,390 of our $100,000 goal. Uh, We're going to be at this for several more weeks now. Uh, This quiet drive is a way that we can continue with our on-air fundraising without being super disruptive uh, of the programming that you need, like the coronavirus programming that we've been bringing you throughout the pandemic. 
115 of you have donated so far. We thank you so much. And uh, we definitely are looking forward to more of you calling in, rejoining, with uh, renewing your membership or becoming new members or just making a one-time donation to get us up to our goal. Uh, you can do that by calling us here at the station, 707-895-2324 during office hours and making your donation that way by talking to one of our volunteers or staff members. Or you can go to kzyx.org. There is a donate button on the upper right-hand corner of our of our homepage at kzyx.org. And it's super simple to click on that donate button and make your donation. You can do a one-time donation or a recurring uh, sustaining membership. And there are a number of thank you gifts available that uh, that you can see photos of at the website and, and choose uh for us to express our appreciation for you being part of this radio station. Also, those of you who prefer can send a check to P.O. Box 1, Philo, California, P-H-I-L-O, California, 95466. And we would love to hear from you. That is the quiet drive. We are just starting to move that needle on our uh, on our goal. We're up to $13,390 toward our $100,000 goal. So thank you so much for uh, helping us get there and continuing to support KZYX Mendocino County Community Radio. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio here this Friday afternoon. I will be back with you Monday at 3 o'clock with Dr. Drew Colfax for the local coronavirus update. We will be live and the phone lines will be open for your calls and questions uh, with more coronavirus update for you for more news from the red tier here in mendocino county so thanks again everybody for listening have a fantastic weekend and i'm going to leave you with uh, a little bit of ma muse as we count down to democracy now talk to you later Ooh, i believe in the power of kindness Ooh, i believe in the power of love I believe in the power of kindness Ooh, I believe in the power of love We don't know what's coming But we can help shape what's ahead Kindness as our currency The commonwealth is in our hands So give a little, give a little all Give a lot a helping hand makes the world go round There's more than enough Ooh, I believe in the power You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.